0: You're listening to Deep Cuts with Antoine Reed. Episode 39, Jack Guevara, Altidus USA.
1: Hey, how are you? Happy Friday.
0: I know. I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. It's been a good week. I'm glad it's Friday. But I'll be honest, I'm like super excited to be on this with you. (laughs) Extremely Flattered, but definitely excited to be here. And I didn't want to mess it up. I've done this before. And my my connections always been bad. So I'm like, I'm going to be inside my office. I'm not going to (laughs) smoke, unfortunately, because I don't want to mess this up. But thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: when I found out we were both in North Carolina, like I said, I was I was like, I gotta have her on. I didn't know we were both in the same state. I saw you were at uh, Havana fields. And I was like, oh, that's cool. She's at, I was like, I thought you were traveling or something and I didn't know you were like here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so being a rep, I've kind of moved around. It's kind of hard to keep track, but at the same time I'm usually on the road <laughs> a lot, so yeah. But um, but no, I'm actually I'm I'm here. Like you're like my neighbor, and so when I realized that you were actually um, I here, I was like, hey, why have we not smoked together? But
0: I know, me too. I know.
1: Eventually, <laughs> soon. Funny. I know. I was like
0: I've, I've seen you. Yeah, and I've seen you at at trade shows and everything else, and I've never made that connection. And you're always super busy, and. You always have a big crowd around you so yeah. I've never spoken to you either so this is like our first time like really speaking which is fun so I'm glad we have like a, a nice like one-on-one uh occasion here and yes. people uh, here are watching uh, like Stark uh so you, so yeah so I'm in uh Durham for the person who asks um in that part of North Carolina so in Raleigh so work in Raleigh um somebody just asked like where where about North Carolina were we and I was saying I I was you know in Durham which is like that unknown because people get confused because they only hear about Durham when they think about the airport so they hear Raleigh-Durham airport and there's like no such thing as Raleigh-Durham it's two different (laughs) it's two (laughs) different areas but only North Carolina people care and know about that
1: yeah yeah so I'm in Raleigh so I'm right right next door to you
0: yeah. So like I work in Raleigh. So what, like, what part of Raleigh are you in?
1: Oh, you're asking me. I have no idea location. I'm close to crowd Mall. I okay. know that. I know that.
0: Yeah. I know that area.
1: Okay. Cool,
0: cool. Cool. Well, like what I wanted to do with, um, today's session was, you know, we, we, with Deep Cuts, I try to open it up to like the whole industry. So I know there's some, there's plenty of podcasts out there. And most of the podcasts kind of feature the top, top, top people in the company. And then they re- recycle uh, midway through the year, go back through that same list, um, which is fine. But for me, I wanted to open it up to different people in the industry and just kind of get to know them and what they do. And um, I know you're, for example, a cigar rep and speaking to Oliver um, last year before coronavirus and all this started, we were talking about reps and he was saying that reps are such an important part of the cigar industry yet they never get hardly any of the attention that they they deserve so um this is kind of like the first foray into getting into the life of the of a rep and what you all do and what you all face and how life has kind of definitely changed for you all in terms of business with coronavirus so um i'm looking forward to, to hearing your story today
1: yeah, no. Um, and I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on. I'm actually a fairly new rep in comparison to some who've been on the road for as long as I've been alive, you know. <laughs> but um, but I do think that uh, the roles of a rep have changed um, as of lately, especially uh, more than just being an order taker or with just uh, just sales. We're also, especially in a company like mine, is we are the face of our company. So there's a lot of um, promoting and advertising, education, and all of that that comes with being just a rep. Um, So, I mean, I I love it, but I mean, tell me what you want to know, I got you. Um, (laughs) I just don't even know where to start though, you know?
0: Well, I always like to start at the very beginning. So before you came into the cigar industry, what were you doing? What was your background? Um, That's a good place to kind of start.
1: All right. Okay. Well, so I think everybody has a story before they got into cigars. And mine is, I, I'm actually, I'm an interior designer. Wow. I, went to, uh, I went to college for interior design. I got my degree. I worked in the business. I mean, even for a short stint, I was on um, a television show on women's entertainment for interior design. And um, I own my own business. And I love that. You know uh but the economy kind of took a hit really bad in about 2008 and mm-hmm. it affected my business because i did residential design and that's when building just stopped especially in las vegas and so mm, struggling to keep going um i eventually just fell into cigars as a consumer at first i'll, I'll be honest i was just a consumer it was a great stress relief as as a business owner at the time to go somewhere where I can relax I can decompress not think about things but then also network and so a cigar shop was definitely my my go-to my uh my place of relief and um it got to a point where you know I was spending so much time at a cigar lounge I figured I might as well work there on the weekends right right Um, (laughs) In, as anybody who consumes cigars, they know it gets pricey. I mean, you can rack up a pretty good bill monthly if you're smoking on a daily basis. And so I figured, you know, um, I can uh, I can save money one for for getting a good discount on cigars, but then also I can be a member at a lounge I couldn't afford to be a member at. So I worked there on the weekends. So it was actually Walnut Creek, North uh, Walnut Creek, California, Casa del where I worked for like a few years, it just as behind the counter as a retail, I really got to learn more about cigars by working the humidor and selling cigars. I mean, I'm guilty of it, but I started smoking flavored infused, like in the beginning, um, like like a lot of women have, and I needed to expand my palate. So then the owner of the shop told me that, okay, for every day I work, I could smoke one free cigar, As long as it was a cigar I've never smoked before, just so that I can taste all the cigars in the humidor. And that really got me to appreciate different cigars, different blends, you know, from different countries. And um, I would meet reps um, naturally, you know, working at the shop. And I loved the concept of getting paid to smoke at a lounge. And I'm like, how? How do you get your job? I want your job. And um, and and they kind of gave me some advice. A lot of the reps I know started at a shop, and so I was hopeful. And um, I mean, I'd apply for jobs, different manufacturers, but I always got that same, "Oh, you don't have enough experience." And so I just just kept at it. Um, I moved back to Las Vegas, um, like in 2013. And uh, got I got lucky that there was a shop that just opened up called La Casa. And um, the owner had a few shops in Michigan, decided to open up one in Las Vegas. And um, I became the manager of that shop. And it was a cigar bar, a music lounge. Um, I mean, that was a dream job in its own. That is what got me to now want to have my own shop eventually. Not Not right now, but definitely eventually. <laughs> um just because the energy of a shop right and, right. and the camaraderie, and that and like the customers I want to say that is absolutely like my favorite Is when you have your locals, your regulars who come in and you know um so still working at the um the cigar bar as as a manager to be honest like I kind of forgot the whole idea about being a rep you know like I enjoy what I do. I'm running one of the hottest cigar bars in Las Vegas right now. It was, I mean, it's Vegas, right? Right. So it wasn't until like two years in, I finally got a call, phone call back from an application I put in two years before about being a rep. And uh, they asked me if I was still interested. And at that time, like I, I still wanted it. Um, and so, so that's how I got into the industry part of cigars. So I want to, anybody who's listening, uh, if, if being a rep is something that you are hoping to do, like definitely put in the time, learn the cigars, but don't give up, right? Because it took years before my initial application actually hit. And I mean, the only thing is nobody wants to give up their position like because I know I don't, right? <laughs> and so there's only so many manufacturers and so many reps and people stick with their job because it honestly it is a dream job to be able to get paid to smoke you know and and you know like i think the funnest thing is going to the trade shows right yes. and you get to see everybody and it's like we're so in tuned with the cigar industry it's like a one time everybody's in one place you know and um and that's kind of what makes like our our i guess our field or our, our niche uh market really exciting is because it feels big, but it's really, really small in comparison, but everybody knows everybody, you know? So, I mean, once I finally got into the rep position, I kind of bounced around from a different, a few different companies, met some great people, but now I am with um, with Altidus USA. And I mean, I came from the West, but now I'm in North Carolina. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how that goes.
0: Oh, that's cool. Like I know, there's so many people in the industry. Um, those people who who've had a long kind of career arc, the, the good ones have started off, I found, in retail. Mm-hmm. So before coming in at, at some weird angle. So I think that's so cool that you started in retail before you got because how can you know the customers and know the products and know the profiles and the issues that the questions that the customers ask and all those Things that go into, you know, selling and marketing a cigar unless you've started off in retail.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I think when you start from the bottom and you work your way up, you know, every aspect of, of not just the product, but how to deal with people, the customer service and, um, and you know, everything else. But yeah, but I, I think I wouldn't be, I definitely wouldn't be as successful as a rep if i if i didn't have the experience behind the counter at, at retail because i get to put myself in their shoes and be understanding um of of like when i'm trying to sell a product or or, or trying to convince them and doing an event um like knowing what it's like to be on that side and the time of the year and everything so then you know we can act accord i can act accordingly and and be you know sympathetic to whatever was going on you know so kind of like like with COVID and everything, this is so uncertain for a lot of people, but just, just trying to understand, okay, where are my customers at right now? What can I do to support them? And even though I can't be face to face with them, how can I help them continue to to grow, you know? So
0: Yeah. And for, since you do have that experience and that retail perspective, what, you know, what do you think is the biggest issue that a lot of retailers face that, the, the industry just doesn't really pay attention to as much as it should.
1: Wait, what do you mean? Like, break that down a little bit.
0: Like, you know, like when you're a sales rep or you're selling a, a product, like you come up with a new product, a new release, you know, you just push it to the retailers. But you don't know, like I said, sometimes what the retailers are going through. Or during COVID, you're kind of it's a tightrope. Like, do you offer retailers just a deal? Do you back off and not offer them a deal? Are they looking for something else? Are they looking just for, you know, swag to help push the product? Like, for you, like, when you look at the, re- when for the retailers that you have dealt with, you know, what are they asking for? Or what kind of things do they need the most help with,
1: I guess? Okay, um, so I guess it's, you know, it's kind of obvious that I'm gonna say, you know, every every shop operates differently. And I think with COVID, depending on the state and county regulations, uh, it really depends on what they're allowed to do. You know, like some of them had to do, um, some of them had to do curbside pickup where they weren't allowed to let anybody in the shop. And then some of them were allowed to let people in the shop, but they couldn't touch anything in the humidor, you know? And so one, knowing what my customers can and can't do and then working with that. And then also understanding based on their location, what kind of customers are coming by? Are they your local regulars? Or are they tourists that are stopping by, grabbing and going? I, I wanna say the one thing that was baffling, not just to me, but to, to some of my customers is that when they couldn't let a customer walk into the humidor, they realized that their customers did not know what they smoked. They knew <laughs> where in the humidor <laughs> their cigar was, But they didn't know what it was called or you know that so um so luckily i work for a brand that is very familiar i'm so sorry it's my cat mocha he wants to (laughs) but um but luckily i work for like romeo and juliet and monte cristo and um and people know that brand and but but customers realize that they their customers didn't know what they smoked but they can they're visual right So they know what they know visually in the human where it's at, but they didn't know what it was called. And so that honestly helped probably my business more than maybe, let's say, uh, a company that has um, a name that's hard to pronounce or maybe there's no name on the band and they can only describe the band. So um, I want to say a lot of a lot of me helping my customers is understanding what they're going through right now and their customers that they serve. Now um like when you mentioned when it comes to like doing events and, and maybe even pitching a new product I'll be honest, um lately I've had the opportunity to work with my marketing and advertising team, which I know a lot of manufacturers don't necessarily have that type of team in their in their, you know, I guess in uh, corporate office, but we have an awesome team and learning how to I guess, help each other, right? They've got all these ideas and it's my job to execute them. But like, we got to be on the same page because I got to let them know that's a great idea, but right. my customers don't really have that. And so like working different angles. The really cool thing I will have to say about um, this and I'm going to I'm gonna admit because I saw a few of them who are on this podcast or you're, uh, you're live right now, they're all listening, is we have a strong, young female team when it comes to our um, marketing and advertising, which you don't get to see very often in our company. And so I think we have a little bit of um, like leeway. I'm not saying that we're millennials, but kind of we are. And so with this whole with technology and using Instagram and social media, I think that we can actually become successful in pushing out new product, despite the fact we're going through COVID, because we're a little bit more in tune with, um, you know, like, uh, what's going on when when it comes to social media, because that's the only form of advertising we've got right now, right? Right. I mean, television is even going out the out the door because of, you know, like, Netflix, and you know, Amazon Prime and, and, you know, fire stick, all of that stuff. So where else are we really advertising, but on social media? You know what I mean? So,
0: and I do I, don't and I know,
1: know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I know your team, So I know Diana and Gabrielle and Jennifer mm-hmm. and Raphael and Oliver and Brad at the Casa de Monte Cristo stuff. So we you, saw your
1: um. I saw your live with that.
0: Right. That so was cool. You have a very active team, which is is nice because you know that you all do work together, and I. Definitely. I don't think you all would have had the success that you had without that cohesion. Like if you had gone into COVID and you were all in your own worlds and different little islands, it would have been so hard, I think, for you all to just pivot, but you seem to have everybody this really quickly, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You know, you all are doing the um, cigar life marathon. Raphael was hosting that pretty quickly. I mean, you've had product releases that you've just rolled out and you've done digitally, which is nice, because I think regardless of where you are, people have been able to take part and and know that. So, um, I mean, how has life kind of changed? And you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but, you know, during COVID, because pre-COVID, the whole industry, it it was travel. You got on a plane, like, every month you were somewhere, every other week for some people. You were somewhere completely different. You were doing events. You were doing... This nonstop, and then it was just like March 13th, 14th, 15th, somehow it's just like everything just came to a halt and we're all having to pivot and deal with a completely different industry now. So how have you adapted?
1: Oh, uh, well, it'd be easy for me to say, oh yeah, I adapted fine, you know, um, in reality, it's been tough. Like, personally for me it's been tough um because when you're so used to moving 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 and then it comes to a complete stop at first it's blissful right like oh i finally get to enjoy the mortgage that i pay for you know (laughs) because i'm here um i will say i did i have been able to do some do it yourself projects at home that i've been wanting to do but um but it i i will say that it um Personally, for me, only speaking for myself, um, it's been, it's been kind of tough. Like, so I'm from the West. All my family and friends are, like, in California and Las Vegas. And so having, having not, like, nobody here, um, I, I realized that I, I would indulge in work. And I would lose myself into work. And that would keep me busy from not thinking that, you know, like, I don't have anybody here. Because usually I'd work, 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 and then I'd take a trip. And then I'd re-energize, come back, work, 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 and then I'd take another trip. But now there's there's not not even any travel, right? Like, I haven't left at all. So I want to say that it's hard to indulge in work when there's so much idle time, right? Like, yeah, there's emails, there's phone calls, but then there's like a break and then trying to cook for myself. And I'm like, I'm not the best chef. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so right, let's try this. And I'm learning though. I'm, I'm learning how to cook, but, um, um, it's been, it's been tough. I'll be honest. I'm getting back on the road next week. Um, not like, not like full time, like every, cause you, you still gotta be super cautious, but, um, I, I will admit there were times I was so stir crazy. <laughs> I would take a two hour drive just to smoke a cigar only to turn around and drive two hours back wow. because I just miss being in the car. I just miss just smoking in the car, listening to music and just driving. But um, I'm going crazy. Like I miss people in general. I just miss people. So
0: It's definitely been yeah. weird. Like I was thinking about that this morning, like, a couple months ago, I started walking in the mornings. And Mm -hmm. it's just a mindless activity because I do the same route. And I was just thinking like, what have I learned during this quarantine time? And it was like, you know, the importance of having time to yourself, because I've learned that I was throwing myself into work so much in the last couple years that I would never have any time to myself to do hardly anything. I would read an occasional book here or there, but. As for like taking time to like just do nothing and really learn to just be okay with that I've learned that during quarantine <laughs> I learned that and, I'm, and I learned some other skills so i personally yeah. learned you know how to do things like this to interact with people um, from a safe distance you know I've learned a lot about photography a lot about exactly. video <laughs> video stuff that I never wanted to really learn about or had a reason to and All of a sudden, this year is just like I think this is the time to learn it. So,
1: no, I I I understand. I totally understand. I think um, I've been more active on social media, which I you know you know how time consuming that is. I mean, I see how you have been completely indulged in it, and so (laughs) that's time consuming. But we've got time right now, right? And so I mean, congratulations on on building yourself up with what you've got going. I mean. I, that's impressive. As many interviews as you've done since <laughs> it seems like since COVID started, I'm I know it's, it's
0: been crazy. It's been about thirty, thirty-seven or so, I think, with today's. Oh. So, <laughs> well, 30.
1: congratulations oh, to you for it. that. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, I've definitely caught up in reading. I I I'm a nerd. I love to read books but I, I have been able to catch up on some reading. I have been um, meditating, doing mindfulness, started doing some stretches. Uh, luckily I've got to play a little bit of tennis. My golf swing is getting a hell of a lot better. So
0: be when you can socialize with people, you'd be like, look what I
1: learned. Right. <laughs> look how far I can hit it. <laughs> you know. So, but so, I mean, there's a little bit of things. Um, I see Ed, he's, you know Ed from uh, mm-hmm. Havana Phil's yep. doing. Um, but um but yeah, no, I mean quarantine I mean I think it's good that we've paused, right? We've been forced to actually slow it down and we can appreciate um, you know, the things that probably we easily overlooked before, right? So I actually am I'm enjoying the the peace and solitude, but I'm so ready to get back on a flight. I'm so ready to get back out somewhere. anxious.
0: er Earlier, Diana asked about your background. Ah. So so what's on the wall behind you?
1: Oh, well, so I've got a whole bunch of stuff. I'm a major Alicia Keys fan. And that was a signature poster I got um, back in the day. So I always have to keep it vision boards. Right? I know that sounds super cheesy, <laughs> but you'd be amazed at what you could accomplish if you know what it is that you want.
0: Exactly.
1: So I've got a few vision boards, Um, my, my bookshelf and my books. Like, I'll be honest, like my whole house, a majority of the, the public space is very simple and it, it has what it has, but my office... And if it wasn't such a mess, I'd give you the whole tour, but I've like got a whole bunch of stuff. Like, let's see, like, I don't know if you can see, but I've got like just a whole bunch of stuff in the office and like the hats and stuff. But um, this is my creative space. Like this is where my magic happens. It's like my organized chaos. But I think as um, I consider myself an artist, like I can sit here and just remind myself what I'm shooting for. Remind myself of what I what I'm going for. And um it's my happy space. It's my creative space. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. So so this yeah, so all of that is just it's it's me. It's my it's my organized chaos. So that's who I am.
0: It's funny because from like from the background from like from my perspective, it almost looked like it was like vinyl records and I was like, Oh my gosh, is that vinyl. But
1: Oh, wait, hold on. Because I know I know that you have a vinyl collection. I, so I got to show you. So now it's I don't know if I'm gonna lose you when I do this. But I've got my vinyl collection over here. I've okay. only got a couple hundred though. Not 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 a whole lot. But your selection um, and I definitely have mine, but I, I don't, uh, I don't listen to it as often as I, I would like to because flipping those records after two or three songs.
0: I know it's, it's a lot, but you know what I like, I like Saturday mornings when I'm cleaning my apartment rather than listening to it on my home pod. Like I, I usually do, um, Yeah, putting it on a record because you can't skip around like you would like yeah. the, home, the, the home pod and everything else I just it comes to a song and I'm like skip next song and, and <laughs> with the vinyl you can't do that unless you really go over and manually do it so that's why I kind of like vinyl plus I like the artwork and like the, the thought that goes into it so I spend yeah. like so much money on vinyl is ridiculous
1: well so. so a lot of the vinyl that I have um I want to say is It's going to be like 90s to early 2000 r&b and (laughs) hip-hop and so like a lot of what i have is like you know um might be SWV, maybe some old p diddy and and stuff like that and so it's horrible when i start playing records because it's like karaoke for me like oh my god i forgot about this song but it's all the stuff that i went to high school and grew up with and so yeah i don't have any classic
0: goodies I just have like what I grew up with so see I have yeah. classic but they're like classic pop <laughs> so they're like as uh, of like 2000 or so
1: yeah no I saw you had some Beyonce in there so
0: I have some Beyonce I have some Reba McIntyre I just got my Gwen Stefani 15th anniversary of Love Angel Music Baby on vinyl
1: <laughs> nice. I got
0: I got my uh Lady Gaga Fame Monster vinyl set. So, you know, that's where all my money goes. So yeah. So let's cigars and vinyl, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, like all- are, those are
1: my those are my vices too. Um, cigars. I don't spend much on vinyl anymore, but cigars, books, liquor, and yeah, vinyl sometimes but I'm a sucker for books. You know, don't take me to a used bookstore because we will be there.
0: <laughs> so. I have a whole bookshelf and I've like looked at it every single day since quarantine Seeing it. I, I wish I could have got, gotten through more books than I have, but for some reason I just, in this space, in this mindset, when I get to the end of the day, I've done so much that I just can't sit down and, and read like I was before. It was just yeah. weird. It's weird. You know, I, I I'm, can't.
1: I'm on the same boat with you like I can't focus like I like I want to read sometimes and I just it's like I it's like I'm reading it and I didn't obtain like retain anything so it's like hey you know it's pointless I have been smoking and drinking more that's not a good thing but I mean I have been smoking and drinking but the good thing is it's made for good content that's what I've been posting on social media people
0: love those kinds of pictures
1: yeah well I mean, I think with some of the new stuff coming out, um, I'm seeing that some of the other companies are also starting to to roll out some new stuff. I think that's what consumers want, though. I mean, in reality, despite the fact that we need, we might not be able to go out as much, we still want new stuff. We still want to, you know, see what else is out there. You know, try something new. Um, so I'm glad that, as far as with my company. Um, where we haven't slowed it down. We've kept it going, you know? I feel so bad, I see all these messages and I can't respond because it's moving too fast.
0: <laughs> in terms of, like, let's talk about some of those new releases from all because I know that there's been a lot and maybe some people have missed out on some of them. So what are some of those new releases that have come out in the last couple months that maybe we kind of looked past or we forgot?
1: Okay, Oh uh, yeah, so I wanna say, since COVID came into play, um, we we had this this big push on Romeo and Juliet Reserve Real Nicaragua, and like Oliver created this awesome like gift. Uh, I'm sorry, golf sweepstakes with the awesome golf bag and all this stuff. And of course, we can't push it out like we wanted it. We wanted to because you know. Honestly, shops don't want to do events because of the gatherings or whatnot. Right. And so Reserve Real Nicaragua, um, most of our new releases have come from Nicaragua from AJ Fernandez's factory. And um, Reserve Real Nicaragua came out, and that's that's a it's a good blend. Um, I want to say it's not like the typical Reserve Real. It's more of a medium, not so much a light smooth one, but a solid medium. simultaneously, this, this cigar, which is one of my favorites came out, but it totally got overlooked. And it's called H. Chapman 1844 Añejo, Reserve Añejo, a phenomenal cigar from my, uh, I want to say the original blend was from Honduras. And I'm talking about, it just had this richness to it, a solid medium, um, great smoke. But it came out the same time as Reserve Real Nicaragua and we kinda had to push the uh, Romeo and Juliet because it's just a bigger brand for us. Right. But if anybody can get their hands on that H Upman and Yeho, absolutely one of my favorite cigars. And I've been able to sneak some boxes out to my customers who like haven't heard of it and it's hit like where they're like, What is this? I'm like, it's a new one. They're like, I'll take two more boxes, you know? So so that's been a that's been a hit. Um, just last month, we came out with the Onyx Bold. Now, that one, I know that we have been pushing. I'm, I'm going to shout out Farah Gray just popped in. I, I mean, major fan of Dr. Farah Gray. I'm so excited he popped in real quick. But, um, okay, so, so, like, pause. Fangirling. Okay, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> Onyx Bold came out, and... Um, yeah, I have pictures got, of it, so. Yes, who... <laughs> you got it right there. Yep, yep. So that one is a full-bodied um, Nicaraguan. Came from AJ's factory as well. San Andreas, Maduro, or San Andreas wrapper with, you know, of course, um, uh, the the binder and filler also from Nicaragua. So that came out. Um, what else? We have a few other ones kind of already coming out. We have Oliveros. I know that it's been aged really well. I don't have a, a solid opinion on it yet. I smoked it a couple times, but you know, you know how it is. Like you smoke a cigar and you're like, mm, not sure, let me try it with something else," you know? And so I'm still still figuring that one out as far as like where on my palate that falls within. And then we've got some Degafina coming out. Um some other stuff I don't even know if I'm allowed to say is coming out, but but we do have a few um we but do the have it's not
0: things. over yet.
1: I know, right? Um yeah. it's not over yet, but we've got a few other things in the lineup and uh I'm excited about it because we're utilizing more of uh, social media. So we've got influencers that we're are throwing in there. we we've got um I see. Deanna said no. What did I do? I probably said something I wasn't supposed to say. <laughs> I got my company like, <laughs> so, um, but, um, but yeah. So we got some new stuff coming out. We got things down the pipeline, and I'm excited because we're util- we're trying out using um, social media and influencers to help help get it out there. Because like you brought it up earlier in the conversation that. Um, it's a little hard to get customers to bring in a new product. Right. So we're we're targeting consumers now. Where if like we could get in consumers' hands, have them asking about it, then they're gonna ask our customers like, hey, bring this in. So we're trying something new. I think it'll be okay. I hope. Well
0: <laughs> <laughs> And I know for these uh when you're talking about the push this year and doing it more virtually, like I've seen you all hop on a lot more virtual kind of things like this, like Instagram lives and Facebook live stuff to kind of push these things. And I like that the women are upfront. I know Gabrielle's hosted a few, Diana's hosted a few. So I yeah. like that because to me, and this has always been my, my thing and uh, since working on magazines is that like, if you know the industry, you know that women are so involved in the industry, but for some reason, when it comes to the media or the attention, then it goes all to the men. So it's kind of played out to be like a, just the male dominated industry, but it's not really, you know, in in reality. So I like that you all are, are, like you said, there's so many women at the forefront of pushing all to the sport. I think that's why you have a little bit more traction than some of the other companies, because women just think and do things in a completely different way. And like you said, you're more comfortable with social media sometimes than men are. Cause men are just like, well, what am I supposed to do? I know nobody wants to see me post my food. And it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not what social media is for. That's like, old, that's the old thinking. And like, you, you know how to use it, how to communicate. So I think you all have done like a really good job at, at that. And like I said, and I've been following you all in all these releases and seeing all these live events go on. So it's, it's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think it's evolving for the better. I mean, I, I think there's a lot that still needs to be learned when you utilizing social media um, as a tool for advertisement, uh, because people still want to feel like they're dealing with another human being, right? We don't they, want, they don't want to be sold. They don't want just commercials, you know. And I think there has to be an equal balance because it has evolved from you know, posting your food, what you ate for breakfast and checking right. into the gym <laughs> to now like actually making it more of like lifestyle oriented, right. And finding your, your, your niche with um, creating a lifestyle that goes behind whatever product that it is you're trying to to promote or push. And um, I mean, cigars, I mean, you got to admit there's so many different avenues with cigars. That it is a luxury lifestyle, but you can associate it with golf or poolside, or you know, at a cigar shop or tailgating. There's so many different avenues that you can take when, when you're you're um, creating this this lifestyle of related to cigars and utilizing it for advertisement and marketing and stuff like that. So, um, we're still learning. I'm all for it. I mean, it's one of those like. You might as well try it because even if it doesn't work at least we tried it right and i have noticed companies that are pretty quiet about it you know um i'll be honest i used to work for a company where they told me up front that social media doesn't equate to sales and i kind of want to debunk that you know <laughs> right. like yeah, it can you know but i think it's because there's no solid evidence that, you know, like there's no um, measure of d- like how do we track that, that, that this sale actually came from a social media ad and maybe having to figure out how we can do that. I don't know, but, but we build up hype because social media is what everybody's going to now right? Whether it's like Facebook, Instagram, I mean, TikTok and Snapchat have been big. I have yet to even touch on those. I just don't have enough time, but, yeah. but, but in reality, you got to think about it. That's the next generation of consumers. So maybe it is something that we like, it needs to be touched on because we need to create more consumers in our industry. Right. And it's always going to be that next generation below us. And so it's, how do we create a lifestyle that's appealing to that generation? How do we get in touch with them? And I'm not, I know that sounds kind of bad, but I'm realizing that TikTok is not just teenagers. I mean, you got some grown people on TikTok and stuff. So, so by no means am I saying, oh, we're going to get the little kids smoking cigars, <laughs> <Exactly>. you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, I don't know. its It's trial and error, but I'm all for it. I'm here for that. <laughs> so we'll see.
0: Well, I think what, because when I look at your Instagram, for example, what I think you do a really good job at is like you said, it's lifestyle driven. So it's not like you're posing and it's like, it's very authentic. So every post that you post, you know, you you feel like it's, that's, that's you and you have a certain style and approach to it, which is good. And I think a lot of older people who maybe aren't as accustomed or comfortable with using social media, they don't know how to use it like that. And I've found and maybe you, experience this is that like if i'm pushing out a product or promoting something if i promote it through a brand and it's just like here it is i mean people could care less but if they trust you and they have a relationship with you then they get really interested and they're like oh wow Jax is posting this i want to go check this out too or oh that's a new cigar and she's po- actually posting with it she wouldn't post anything bad so i want to go try it so i think people trust people rather than trusting brands sometimes. And I think that's Absolutely. what what works and um, what you said about going after consumers and having them help promote what you're doing is, is a good idea because again, they trust people rather than brands. Like there's no this USA Instagram account. It's different brands and each brand I'm sure has a different customer kind of target vibe and all that. So I think it's, it's, fun at what you're doing and good what you're doing.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, um, I think being able to connect with, with, you know, other people on social media, kind of like how with me and you, right? Like, prior to this, I knew you as your, you know, like your, your brand, and you know, um your interviews, and that's who you are. So I know what you do. But then also, there's that personal aspect. That's why I know you you have records because I see it on your, <laughs> your social media. But that makes you real, right? That makes yeah. you like a real person. And then and, and hence, like, well, you can connect because it's a, a real human being on the other end. And um, I think there's, like I mentioned, there's so many different avenues when it comes to cigars that everybody can have their own little niche and their own following. Like one guy I follow, he promotes, like, bourbon cigars golf and his beard i'm like that's awesome you know <laughs> and i sometimes i don't even know what the hell he's saying but he looks pretty cool smoking a cigar drinking straight out of a bottle hitting a golf ball and he's got his beard i'm like okay that works for you you know so like i and you know like i think we all try to find our niche but but the connection is that cigar right and or let's say it's liquor or it, whatever it is, a book or a record or whatnot. But like you said, when you feel like you're connected with somebody, you're like, I got to check that out. I got to check out that book or maybe listen to that song cause you, you know, or whatnot. But it, it's, it's, I guess, trying to make something like social media, which people say is not reality, trying to make it reality, right? Trying right. to make it as real as possible because um i know
0: somebody said that they said what i like about Jax is that you speak when you speak to her she speaks she talks back so i think that's important too because people forget the social part of social media (laughs) and sometimes they just post and it's just like that's that's it and so when you sit there and you respond back and you create that conversation that sells and that's it's hard like i said it's hard to track it and to put it into ROI and all that kind of stuff um, for yeah. a business, but it has a real value because people trust. I've known people who have just watched like an interview like this and they're like, oh, now I'm willing to try that cigar. Or can you put me in touch with that person? Cause I want to actually try it now. And they, nothing changed other than us, you know, people having a conversation and them seeing, oh, wow, it's a real person behind the brand. So that's what drives me crazy sometimes when you don't know, who is behind, who is behind some of these brands and you're like, why aren't there people associated with it? And it's just a product. And it's like, that's could be any other product out there. It's the people behind it that kind of bring it to life.
1: Absolutely. I think too, is like with, with somebody takes the time to comment, like on a photo. I like definitely want to make the time to comment back because I like I I'm grateful because sometimes you might post something and then you'll have a description at the bottom and people don't read it. So they'll just like, <laughs> like it. Right. But if I ask a question and somebody genuinely answers like the question, that to me is like, okay, respect. Like you, it's not just scrolling, double clicking, scrolling, double clicking. It's actually, you actually looked at my content because it, it took a while for me to type that shit up. So, I mean, the fact that you're going to read it and respond, I'm like, I got you. <laughs> I respect that. <laughs> so, So, yeah, I get that.
0: In terms of these virtual events that you've done, because I saw that you've been doing a few, I think you did one with Ansteads a couple of weeks ago, like, like, how are they going? Because I know that's another social, like you said, social media type thing, but it's a completely different vibe than what people in the industry are used to. You're used to going into a store, the rep has a table set up, they sit there and talk to you, they hand out stuff, um, you know, what's these virtual events been like for you and and how have you gotten them to work because I'm pretty sure the first few are probably like pancakes you know they they don't go as they don't turn out like you think they're going to turn out so Mm -hmm. you kind of learn along the way of how to make it kind of go more in the way that you want it to go
1: so um, I've got a confession for you I didn't do a virtual event with with Amsteads, I kind of crashed a, <laughs> a virtual event with Drew Estate, not realizing it was actually a virtual event. I thought they were just doing some social, like, thing. You know, like, people do Zoom and yeah. stuff like that. And so I actually, not knowing, crashed the Drew Estate <laughs> event. But I thought it was so cool, because I was like, that's how you do it. Because I didn't know. Um, I've been doing, like, I don't want to say I I've been doing real events. They've been very skewed. Like I've done offsite events with limited amounts of people, social distancing. Instead has done what they call it a uh, social distance distancing event which was uh, like a clay shooting event where, you know, people are in groups. It's like it's like golf except with clay shooting, which was like super fun. Um so he's done events like that, that I've, I've done with them. And I think with people not being able to gather, I want to say every single rep who was part of that, which was about like seven or eight of us were like, we're going, we're going to be there. And so we went just so we could see each other, but right. social distancing or whatnot. Um, it's so tough so tough to social distance when you're smoking. I mean, you could sit a few feet away from somebody, but just like when you're eating, you don't have a mask on, so you're smoking. But um, I didn't do a virtual event with them. I crashed one. But it was so fun, though. I will admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I think some events are coming back. Most companies or most shops are doing in-store promotions, but... um. I've personally have done some social distancing events where I'll only invite a few people. Um, you know, like I've done for for Onyx, I invited maybe about like ten to 10, twelve women to do a tasting. But um, but that's so far that's that's about it. Though. So.
0: Do you think this will be kind of the norm for the rest of this year? Because I know we're we're at the tail end of summer, and then fall for a lot of people it gets iffy. Depending on what part of the country you're in, it either kind of stays mild here in North Carolina, stays mild for a, a little while, or it goes—you go from like Sahara to Antarctica. So right, right. Do, do you do you think we're going to be still kind of uh, like you said, maybe uh, in-person events will just be like invite-only for a little while t- until we can get to bigger crowds, or what? Do you, what's your prediction for for that? Mm-hmm.
1: Alright, so I want to say most, um, almost all of the big massive events, like whether it's big smoke, or you know, conferences, I mean, even with um Casa de Monte Cristo, how they would do their festivals. Everybody has canceled their major events until the end of the year. So nothing that's happening in 2020. Um, I believe, and I've seen more of smaller gathering events where maybe the maximum is 50 people. Typically, it might be an um, outside vendor event, like not at a shop, but outside, whether it's a dinner or um, like whether it's golf or clay shooting. So I will say for anybody who wants to go to any of these social gatherings, jump on the ticket because everything is pre-purchased now, a maximum of 50 people. Um, it's it's as social as you're gonna get right now, but it's it's limited because whatever venue is hosting it wants to be very cautious. The shop who's hosting it wants to be very cautious, and then the manufacturers involved with it also, because nobody wants to have the blame for starting something, right? Um, but I want to say that if events are gonna happen from now up until the end of the year. They will be definitely smaller as far as capacity goes. I want to say in shop, um, actual in shop events will probably be discouraged because they don't want everybody coming at one time. But maybe um, more or less, there's going to be monthly promotions, you know, that happen throughout the month or week or whatnot. But um, but I will say for for anybody who has a local shop, if they know that there's going to be an event coming up and it's limited capacity, if you really want to go purchase your ticket immediately. And because that's what I'm seeing. I'm, I'm seeing that like, you know, um, whether it's in Virginia or here in North Carolina, like think, what you laughing at? Who's talking <laughs> shit? It's, hold hold on, on.
0: All your, your, your fans commenting, they're, they're so such, such... Oh, i ain't
1: trying to hear him, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but um but yeah so i want to say that's my prediction for for how events are going to go um at least the, up until december and like when january hits like who knows what's going to happen i think people are still going to be really cautious even if there's a um, a vaccine people are still going to be extremely cautious so i want to say that the outlook on what um cigars are going to look like when it comes to gathering most likely, it's going to be an outdoor event, there'll be tents, or maybe it's just open air. But I think outdoor events are going to be like the way it's going. And personally, for me, I feel more comfortable going to an event if it was outdoors, and it was spacious. You know what I mean? Um,
0: Yeah, I I do. I've I've told people there, there have been some events that they're like, you want to come? I'm like, no, not right. now. (laughs) I Don't like not not indoors. No, right. Especially like all the news lately has been about indoor events since the weather's getting ready to change. And I was like, no, I just think we need to be a little bit cautious still until we figure this out. And then when the vaccine comes out, um, see how it, how people deal with it, how they react to it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of rushing to take any vaccine without seeing how other people react to it personally. So um, I'll be kind of, quarantine.
1: <laughs> well Until... you know how it you know how it is? It's like nobody buys the first iPhone, right? You wait right. till yeah, exactly. all the glitches out and you get like the second or third or even fourth <laughs> version of it. So it's like, yeah, you can come out with a vaccine. Let's 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 wait and see <laughs> exactly. how y'all react to that. So I I'm I'm with you on that one. But um but like for now like I think as long as we're respectful of others I know there's people out there who is like anti-mask, but it's not about you. It's about other people. Like, if you you care about other people, just put one on. I mean, just just put one on. Like, I'm Filipino. A lot of my family works as nurses. You know, they work in the medical. And they wear the mask all day when they work. I'm talking about hours. And so to wear a mask, like, just for a few minutes, going, grabbing something from a store and coming back, I mean, come on. There's nothing, you know?
0: So for those comparison. people, as we approach the end of our little interview time, for those people who want to follow you on social media and they don't know you from Instagram, what can they look for? What accounts should they look for for you? And then what accounts, because I know there are more than one, what accounts should they kind of look up for all to this and their different brands?
1: Okay, well, um. so of course, like, you know, Jacks. I only have um, the to Jax um, on Instagram. I know I have a Facebook and a Twitter account, but I don't ever go on those. And so Instagram is the best bet because that's the only thing I have time for lately. Um, but um, as far as a company, like I, I represent Monte Cristo, Romeo and Juliet, H. Chapman, Aging Room. And then also a cigar life, which is under cigar lifer on, um Instagram is, is definitely the ones I'm, I'm attached with. Um, and of course, like there's Onyx, but I don't think we know who's actually running that account, but, um, but yeah, those are the ones that they can, uh, they can jump on board and, and, and follow because I'll be somewhere nearby there, you know, so.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, like i said uh i look forward to when we can hang out i know it's, it's on the books i know diana asked have we ever hung out we haven't because i just realized that she lives in, in north carolina I... <laughs> like we're like nearby so when it's safe to hang out of course we, we will um but i want to thank you for coming on today and talking Thanks, about guys. you and talking about all the all the stuff going on and um, thank you for everybody for joining us, especially Diana and Gabrielle and the Great. rest of the, all to this crew. It was nice for them to show up and uh, support both of us and what we're doing. And I look forward to our next encounter, you know, whenever that is.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to all the, um, the viewers and those leaving comments. I wish I could have responded to everybody. I saw a lot of, of like my, I wouldn't say customers, but like, customers on here as well and and followers and so i appreciate the love from both you for allowing me to be on your 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 show interview and for those who actually um followed even if they were talking shit like damon but it's okay
0: <laughs> well definitely <laughs> Thank well you so much. have a great day and enjoy your labor day and I, I know that's coming up wow. and like i said i look forward we need to keep in touch and Uh, do more of these whenever we have a a new release to kind of hype up. So look forward to working with you and chatting with you a little bit more.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you. All right. bye. Bye.